Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody can make you worship the Lord this morning. That's a decision you have to choose right now. And my prayer is that we will hear from God. Amen? That we'll hear from the Lord through His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead and be seated. And I'm going to go ahead and dismiss our kids to Children's Church with Miss Jordan. We appreciate her teaching this morning. We also believe it's a big deal to be in church. And if you do, let's praise the Lord for these kids. Amen. We're also excited, I know some of you are, that today we are resuming nursery during this service. So if you have that need, uh, as you step out of the doors, head down to the right, and you will find those serving today. I want you to take your Bible this morning and join me in James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now, I can, I can tell you that this morning in the early service that God was speaking. And when we're in multiple services as a church, as we prayed for just a few moments ago, here's what we ask. God, do it again. Do it again that we may hear from you. This morning in James chapter 3, I'm going to be speaking about something every Christian needs. Now, as a young man working for a business, they taught me that you need to have insurance. You need to have a way to... Protect your family if something happens. And as we bought a home, we found out that we needed something called insurance in case something ever went wrong. And, and many of you have dental insurance, and you have insurance that might help you with eyeglasses and things like that. And, and Clint, you will figure this out. Clint just turned 50 years old. I used to look at left field as a young person's field. But as I see his graying hair knowing that he's a papaw, he's going to need this someday, isn't he, folks? What? Insurance. Many of us have paid vehicle insurance forever, and, and maybe some of you have never had an accident, and you're thinking, what's the use? Well, you find out what the use is is when somebody slowly backs into you or bumps into you, and you realize uh, that now you can use what you've been paying for. Uh, years ago, we, we pay astronomical insurance on the church. And uh, in 2018, I believe it was in April, we had this catastrophic hailstorm, and uh, over $160,000 was given to our church to help re-roof these buildings. Insurance. This morning, I want to speak about fire insurance that every Christian needs to have. Now, I said every Christian needs to have. Some people think that when you become a Christian, what you're really getting is fire insurance from hell. Well, folks, heaven is the icing on the cake. It's the icing on the cake. I'm not saved just to go to heaven. I am saved because I give my life to a God who loved me so much that he died for my sin, lives inside of me, and wants to live through me in this thing called life that he's given us. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Heaven is the icing on the cake for a believer. So this morning, I'm speaking to you, Christian, 
about fire insurance you need to have because I can assure you that there's been fruit from time to time and lives in this building that we don't have it. So I hope that you'll hang on with me today. Those of you that filled out a card, I want to thank you. Maybe, maybe you didn't get one, I'm sorry, but appreciate Bob handling this for me. List one thing you struggle with as a Christian. One thing. This one must, Renee must have left this one from the, for, for me. Overeating. Wrong thinking. Consistently praying. Decorations. Other Christians' attitudes. Kindness. Family. Worry. Sin. Praying. Pride. Studying my Bible. Witnessing. Attitude. Pornography. Bible reading. Forgiveness. Witnessing. Restlessness. Self-condemnation. Reading my Bible daily. Sharing his word with others. Envy. Politics. Family. Sharing my faith. Praying. Sharing. Temper. People not paying attention during the service. Wake up. Somebody's watching you right now. Reading my Bible. Prayer. Consistency. Commitment. Listening. Forgiveness. Defining God's purpose in my life. Anything over the election. Anxiety over the election. Judgmental. Being more committed. Satan. People's unwillingness to forgive. Discouragement. Depression. Wrong thoughts. I want to thank you for being honest in what you wrote. I want to thank you for being honest for what you wrote. And for those, some of you that may not did one of those, you have some things too. But James addresses something as he did in the first service that no one mentioned. And I want to speak to it this morning. James chapter 3, verse 1. If you're with me, say amen. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, a complete man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they are able to obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? 
and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. We're in a series entitled Faith That Works. And today in chapter 3, I believe James is teaching us a very simple truth about what kind of insurance we really need to have once we give our life to Christ. And the fire insurance that I'm talking about this morning is fire insurance that our tongue does not become a fire. And he addresses it very clearly this morning. If you have your outline on the back of the bulletin, I want you to just draw a, a few principal thoughts with me this morning. And here's where we begin. Number one, heaven is aware of what we say. Heaven is aware of what we say. Now, would you agree with me this morning that sometimes those closest to us can hear us speak the harshest? Would you agree with me? Hey, help me this morning. Married couples, help me out. Would you agree that sometimes the person that you say you love the most is on the receiving end of some of the harshest things that you ever say? That can happen in any life, any family, any marriage, any home. That can happen, listen to me, in any church. And James is reminding us that what we say does matter. You know the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, But I say to you that every idle word that men may speak, listen to this, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. Now we know God knows our thoughts, amen? We know that oftentimes what comes out of our mouth, the Bible says, begins in our heart. But we also recognize the importance of responsibility and accountability as a Christian. Christians, listen to me. Church, listen to me. The lost world should act lost. Don't you expect to see the gospel of Jesus Christ at halftime tonight of the Super Bowl? It's not their job. But it's your job and my job to share the gospel with whoever we meet, wherever we go, in whatever situation we find ourselves. And part of sharing the gospel is that our speech backs up who we claim to be as the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us. He's talking to believers. Now I want to talk to every young person in this room right now, everyone watching, but also we recognize the older we get that the, the temptation can still be there. Listen to me very quickly, very closely. Listen with your heart. Talking filthy does not make you a grown-up. 
Talking filthy doesn't make you cool in the circle that you're standing in. Sometimes people, I think, want to validate how important they are by cussing. Folks, I want to tell you something. That should not be the speech of a born-again child of God. And if you're here this morning and you'll say, well, that's just the way I was raised or, or that's the business I'm in. I, I recognize that, that business can be dog-eat-dog, dog, but it doesn't change the fact that you claim to be a born-again Christian. So ask God to help you. Maybe you're saying, Brother Greg, I wish I could take you along with me tomorrow. You live in this bubbled world here at the church, and, and your job's not even hard. You work one day a week, and it takes four men to carry your money. Not, that's not the way it works. Listen to me. I recognize that the world in which you live may be tough. Listen to me, kids, uh, students. I recognize school is tough peer pressure pulling you a thousand different ways whoever thought you'd have to navigate what you're going through with all the stuff that teachers and students and schools and teams and everything else has has gone through and continues to go through but it doesn't change the fact that you claim to be a born-again Christian James is addressing the believer and he says we all stumble in many things and if one does not stumble in word, he is complete, able to bridle the whole body. And then he gives us a picture. I read Matthew 12, 36, that we'll give an account for everything that we speak, every idle word. But verses 35 through 37, Matthew chapter 12 says, A good man out of the treasure of his good treasure of his heart brings forth things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned so he's talking about our speech today he's talking about our tongue he's talking about what we say and in James chapter 3 verse 5 the Bible says even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things see how great a forest a little fire kindles and he uses two pictures he uses the picture of a small bit in the mouth of a large horse and the rudder that turns a ship a rudder that with the slightest move in the water or slightest angle can determine the direction you're going to go I learned this a long time ago years ago uh, we went to as a church group we went to Cumberland River. Gary, Cumberland, I think that's where we went, Cumberland River. And we were going, listen, this should have told us something. I think Gary probably organized this. Did he, Bonnie? Did Gary put all that together? We're going, first of all, I should have, I should have uh, read the fine print. I didn't know there were any whitewater rafting rivers in Kentucky. We went to the Cumberland River. When we got there, it had been one of the driest summers in history. And they told us before we started, there may, may be places you have to carry your raft because the water will be low. And I remember, you know, I, I started mocking it. You know, I was probably mocking Gary with the tongue that I'm talking about right here today, making fun of it. What a joke. I thought we were going to be in white water and life-defying drops. And, and we start down this slow float, and I'm sitting on the back of the raft kind of making fun of it 
and all of a sudden, unscripted, our raft hit something, and I flipped right out of the back of the raft. You know what God was teaching me that day? Don't act like you're some professional rafter. You've never been rafting. But I also recognized that day that the angle of the oar by the guide in the water, in essence, determined the direction we went. Oh, we paddled. You know, we thought we were really moving that thing. But it was the guide in the back who was making sure we were going the direction he had for us. And folks, I want to remind you this morning, just through the picture of the bit in a horse's mouth and an oar in the water, I believe they teach us something. Both the bit and the water must overcome a contrary force. The wild nature of the horse, the power of the horse to do its own thing, and the rudder in the water navigating the current and the wind and the waves to lead you to the destination. Just as James uses that picture, there is a spiritual force that you and I battle against uh, to even say the right thing. To not blow our testimony by the words we use or the condemnation that we throw. As a matter of fact, when you think about fire insurance every Christian needs, here it is. We need liability insurance over our tongue because the flesh would have us, listen, throw a picture about Christ or the Christian life to people that confuses them and they wonder if it's all true. The tongue has to battle the, the old nature. And it's the old nature that wants to control us. So if it's going to be a, a picture of a bit that draws me one way or the other, or if it's going to be a picture of a rudder that's put into the water, the Holy Spirit of God wants to direct us so that our speech is godly and edifying and Christ-exalting and church-building for His glory. The tongue battles the old nature all the time. I very seldom heard my dad use a curse word in my life and when I did I was looking for the return of Jesus because it was so rare I also knew when he did he was madder than he's been but folks I'm here to tell you this morning the devil wants to pressure us from the outside and he also wants us to lose the battle on the inside the devil's not interested in you being a happy Christian. He wants you to be a miserable Christian. And if you're here this morning and you feel like you can say anything you want at any time you want and it doesn't matter, we've already found out that the Word of God, it does matter. But we're called, listen, we're called to light up a room, not, not bring the darkness, amen? We're called to encourage people, not discourage people. He uses a picture of the great damage a small spark can do in a forest. You know, a few years ago when the Smoky Mountains caught on fire and how tragic that was that so many homes and, and the beauty of the mountains, so much of that was devastated, it all came back to just a spark. It all came back to a person and the great damage that could be done. 
So God's calling us to use our mouths, use our tongues for His glory and His glory alone. To not be the kind that kindles a fire. To not be the kind that is so set among the members that it defiles the whole body, the Bible says. Who sets on fire the course of nature. You see, that's the fire insurance James is talking about. Be very, very careful. Why? Because that kind of tongue is set on fire by hell. The tongue is a fire, Scripture says. The translation here is, the tongue is like a lightning strike. Years ago, Renee and I were in bed, and there was a huge storm happening outside, and we were asleep, and lo and behold, I, I, I saw this flash. I, you're saying, Brother Greg, I don't believe it. Well, you weren't there, and I saw it. I saw this flash, and all of a sudden, boom! And we both jumped up. What was that? We smelt smoke. And we both said, that, that, that was lightning or something. And recognized that there was some char-looking black around the, the outlet of the bedroom closest to where we heard it. Make a long story short, a tree got hit by lightning, and it just ran right to the house. The tongue is a fire. That's what I believe when you think of lightning strike, it's something like this. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? It was so sudden and so piercing. The Bible says in Psalm 120, verses 2 and 3, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? And then Solomon in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 27, says an ungodly man digs up evil and it is on his lips like a burning fire like a burning fire here's James description write it down number four fire may start small but it leaves behind a charred mess it leaves behind a charred mess you can always tell where a fire has been you can always tell the debris that has been left due to a fire and I believe when James is talking to us as believers and he's saying, listen, be very careful. Your tongue can control you like the bit in a powerful horse's mouth. Your tongue can control you like an oar in the water. Be very, very careful because when damage is done, it will not just affect the one that you hurt, but it will leave debris along the way. You know how I believe uh, we as Christians recognize when we're growing up a little bit? is when you hurt somebody and you realize it and you say, I'm sorry. Or when somebody says, will you forgive me? You say, that's all right. Yeah, I forgive you. Let's go forward. Let's not spend any time there anymore. Let's go forward for the glory of God. In verse 8, James says, a man can do just about anything, but no man, or verse 7, but no man in verse 8 can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. It's like a snake that will bite you and hurt you. And, and, and you'll wonder uh, what's going on. I, I don't know anybody. I, don't raise your hand if it's you this morning. But I don't know if I've ever met anybody that said, boy, I love snakes. 
God knew what he God knew what the devil's picture of the devil needed to be. God knew what it what it needed to be. I remember years ago we were on vacation in South Carolina at my granny's house, and as many people do after a day on the farm, after you eat dinner, you sit in the shade outside and drink tea or dessert or something like that. And they had a, 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 a German shepherd named Sport. And all of a sudden, sports started acting a little weird. And as we sat there together, just in a little time of fellowship, a big black snake just fell right out of the tree. Folks, the devil knows that that description scares people. But I want to tell you today, the fire that a tongue can, can uh, lash out at somebody is like a snake that bites quickly. And you wonder, what should I do? So James says, well, first of all, quit thinking that you can change it. You can't tame it. Only God can. He says the question, the concern is, verse 9, with our tongue, with my mouth, I bless God and I curse God. So if you meet me, and did not know that I was a Christian, what would ever make you think that I knew Christ with the other half of my speech in life? Oh, some, some of us, man, we, we, we just thank God when everything's good, don't we? And we should. But folks, I'm telling you that God on the mountain is the God in the valley. And he will carry you. Whatever you're going through today, he will carry you. And praise should come out even in the darkness of life fires start small but they leave behind a charred mess verse 10 out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing cursing and then James says brothers sisters it ought not be so it ought not be so number five two-way talking is a sign of heart trouble it's a sign of heart trouble. You know, sometimes people recognize that they have other uh, ailments. Uh, maybe, maybe you're here and you found out you had a heart condition based on another test or based on something else that was wrong with you, and it led to the point of discovery that it was a heart condition. And I'm going to cling to Scripture that reminds me that what comes out of my mouth really begins in my heart. Now, I would like to say this, and I say it without any reservation, and, and I'll take on any other church to defend this, but I really believe I pastor a church, you, and, and you love each other. You say, well, Brother Greg, you don't know us very well. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I've seen how churches respond to things. And like many of you, I've been in church that didn't respond to things well to the point where people left the church or a pastor left or, or it just was great damage. But folks, I'm telling you, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for each other. He says that first. And my prayer is, that we would get back to the point of talking to each other. Now, we live in this wild technology 
age, uh, the, the space age that back in the day, who would have ever thought of it? Uh, I can remember having a pager. Can anybody go back to the pager days? Uh, and, and, and I think I carried a pager as your young pastor for about one year. Nobody ever once called it. I would have Renee dial me just to feel it vibrate on my belt. And then they said all these things called cell phones. Do you all remember the early portable phones, the big ones? I mean, uh, or, or a car phone, they would call it, a car phone. And now you can Bluetooth and Wi-Fi in your vehicle and do anything. You can work from home. Whoever thought that would all be so successful? But here's what's happening. The art of face-to-face -face communication is disappearing. I mean, I wouldn't know if Marcia sent me a text and said, Brother Greg, can I meet with you? I've got some time Tuesday at 1 p.m. And I didn't know that she didn't realize she was still typing and there were five exclamation points. And I look at it and I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with Marcia? And she gets here and she goes, oh, I, don't, I didn't know. I didn't know I did that. How an exclamation point could determine somebody's emotion or, or happy face. Hey, don't give me happy faces when you send me a text. That's just corny. We're getting away from personal interaction, and it's making this world crazy. Remember years ago, if you had something with somebody else, you would just talk to each other like men or women and go forward from there. We get a lot, listen to this, we get a lot of requests for help now people send through digital. I'm thinking if you, if you want us to help you, you pick up your phone and talk to us. Folks, we're, we're getting so disjointed from communicating with each other and talking to each other that, that it can be very, very easy. Now, I'm going to say this, listen carefully, okay? I'm talking to everybody who's watching online. I realize there are a ton of reasons why many of you can't be here. Be safe. Amen, church? But do not get used to staying at home to worship. Because it will become very easy. And you'll get out of the habit. And before long, you'll recognize that, you, well, I can worship just as good as I can being there. And, and thank you for your faithful giving. I can give online and they don't even miss me. Oh, yeah, we miss you. The body of Christ is the body that gathers together. And I thank God for those that are faithful to watch online and continue to be part of that. But that's not where we want to stay. We want to come together for the glory of God. We want to look at each other in the eyes. We want to say, I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'm longing for the day where I can shake your hand and make you just as uncomfortable as possible. Amen? I'm longing in the day when we say, welcome each other, where you're not afraid or not wondering if, uh, if the COVID's an issue anymore. My prayer is that we recognize when we come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ that right now it's the Super Bowl. Right now. The game that's played tonight, listen, how many of you can remember last year's Super Bowl champions? And this should be easy. A few of you. It was the Chiefs, if you don't know. And the only reason many of you know because they play again tonight. But the truth is, 
man's medals will come and go. But if I die tomorrow, there will be somebody preaching the same word I'm preaching right now. Because Jesus lives forever. And he wants you to live forever with him. And he's the one who came as the, the ultimate heart surgeon to take care of the business in your life and my life that only he could. And he did it by way of a cross as the instrument. And it was his precious blood poured out for me. And I praise the Lord for that. You see, when we talk two ways, when we talk out of both sides out of our mouth, we leave people a confused message. I mean, what do you leave people when you walk by? Do they know you're a Christian? Do you leave them with a word of hope? Is your, is your life kind of a life that gives grace? Are you the kind of person that's willing to forgive and move forward? I mean, I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord for that. Or is your tongue a fire? And this morning you recognize you need that insurance because it's causing some damage. Do you turn your home into a battleground? Is your Sunday school class combative because you are? Are those around you in church negative because you are? I tell you, when I look at the blood of Jesus and I think of the love of God for me, I am the one who's not worthy of any of that, but by His grace, His love is sufficient. God has given us gifted men and women, scientists, inventors, doctors, and specialists, and James says there's one thing that they can't change. They cannot tame the tongue. But I can. But I can. That tongue can be filled with deadly poison. The two-way talking is a, is a picture of heart trouble. James is saying, make sure that there's clarity. People should understand. They should see clearly what's going on. And we don't see clearly all the time. After the snow the other day, I've got a, an old 1991 GMC pickup that my dad gave me years ago. We call it Old Blue. I drove it. I drove it down here for a little bit and drove it home, and, and I, I told I'm going to back it into the driveway. <laughs> Renee was in the driveway, and I backed it, and I was looking at my mirrors, and all of a sudden, I just wasn't lined up right. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll pull forward. And I began to pull forward, and you all know that that snow was kind of icy. It had a crunch to it. And all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't really moving. I wasn't going forward. And I, I, I rolled my window down and said, what's wrong? She said, what's wrong is you're in the yard, you're not in the driveway. Oh, I was looking in the mirrors, though. I was looking, doing my own thing until I recognized I needed help. Here's James's, here's the thesis of this passage. You cannot change your tongue, only God can. And when you're willing to give it to him, when you look at uh, verses 11 and 12, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Does no spring yields both salt water and fresh? He's saying there's got to be clarity in what comes out of your mouth. Now we need water to live, fresh water to plant, wash, cook, 
But like water, the tongue can be life-encouraging if it's not controlled by death. And that's what the devil wants to do. You try to fix yourself, and I'll just let you keep doing it. But I don't want you to recognize that Jesus can change your life in an instant when you surrender your heart to him and come to him. Hey, do you have fire insurance, Christian? Are you letting God have your mouth, your tongue, what comes out of it? Hey, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, man, let's back up a little bit. You need to give your life to Christ. That's where you begin. By trusting Jesus and his death on the cross, and it was for me. Because I had a condition, I had a heart condition called sin, and my sin separated me from God. So that waymaker we sang about earlier, he came and died and paid for it all so that I could be with him forever in a place called heaven. Don Bridges' dad is in heaven today. I love the fact we drove down to hospice the other day to see him, and, and Don has an identical twin, as you all know, looks exactly like him. And here's what came out of their mouths when I walked into the room. Well, we know where Dad's going to be not too long. We know he gave his life to Jesus. And boy, there was such a peace knowing that. And you might be here today and you've never given your heart to Christ. You don't know that peace, but you would like to. Well, there's a bunch of Christians sitting around you today that are praying for you right now. Amen, church? Praying for you right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you're uncertain of your faith, your salvation, you're not